Thank you for tuning in to The Trisha Goyer Show. I'm sharing my heart and answering questions about faith, writing, homeschool, big family living, and so much more. I'll also be digging deep into meaningful conversations with other authors, speakers, moms, and God lovers. I'm your host, Trisha Goyer, wife to John, mom of 10, author of over 80 books, speaker, homeschooler, avid reader, and mega nap taker. I'm so glad you're here. Friends, I am so excited to be here with my friend, Shelly Tomlinson, and welcome, friend. I am so glad that you're here with me. I am delighted, and I have got something, Tracy Goyer, on the top of my mind. I really want to say to you before I forget. Okay, okay. Just Just tell me, tell me. Okay, you don't know this, and so I'm going to tell you. Oh, no. Because (laughs) I think all the Trisha Goya lovers out there, and there's so many people that love and admire your work and your life, that they will like to hear this. Okay. So you do not know that years ago, um, what what you meant to me when you came, oh, my gosh, I almost teared up. I'm not crying over this. This is a good thing. (laughs) But I was on book tour for my first published book you know, with a major publisher, this is book number 12, which blows my mind. And I think you're probably at a hundred, but that's neither here nor there. (laughs) It was the first published book by a major publisher. And I was on book tour and I had uh, been following you online Mm. and I'd been writing little things and, you know, chatting with you. I think I've had you on my radio show at that time. Yeah. You came out for that. I did. You do not know what that meant for someone Aww. that was on tour with their very first book. And I want everybody out there to know that you did that <laughs> because that meant so much to me. I remember that. I remember just sitting there and you had this little gathering of people and you were just talking and everyone was just loving it. I was just so proud of you. I'm like, look at you. So um, yeah, congratulations. And well, now you're book 12. Book 12. Yeah. Okay, what number are you on? I know we're supposed to be talking about my book. I've, I've book lost, it's 80 something. I don't know. It's Wow. <laughs> I need to go count. I need to go count, Shelly. <laughs> wow. Okay. So, that so, made me tired. I need to go take a nap. 80 books. Okay, wow. I, I just woke, I slightly laid down for like 10 minutes right before we got out. I'm like, I just yeah. need to rest. Yeah. But this yeah. is what we do. We write, we serve people. And I was going to say, for those who may not be familiar with you, just give us your I know you're going to throw some fun in it. So just tell us a little bit about yourself. Give us your fun bio. Okay. Fun bio. Um, I'm not right. I should probably say that right up. I'm not right. I love Jesus, but um, I'm just strange. I'm, a, I'm another kind of bird. I am a mother, uh, wife, grandmother of six grands, a farmer's mm. wife living here in Lake Providence, Louisiana. And I think my biggest bio would be, All I really want to do is talk to Jesus and write about Jesus Mm. and talk to other people about Jesus. But we have to do a lot of other things in order to do that. So that's kind of me in a nutshell. That's what I like to do. It's so fun. And your personality is so fun. And I love, so I've started listening to the audiobook. We're going to get to the book in a second. And as soon as it started in your voice, I was just like, oh, my friend is hanging out with me while I fold the laundry today. (laughs) So. I love it. I think you're extremely kind. I did a, a Facebook live the other day and to let everybody know that the audio book was available. Uh-huh. 
And I said, now some of you may be thinking, I just cannot bear the idea of listening to her, you know, her voice for an entire book. And I said, this is not for you. This is for the other people, you know, that may want to know that I actually recorded this one myself. And I was delighted to do that. I'm sure you know that route, you know, the publisher makes a lot of those. Yeah. And they, um, they wanted me to voice this one. And so I was happy about that. I love it. Okay. So the book. I have it right here. I also have an audible seizing the good life, discover peace and joy through the study of John's gospel. I have enjoyed it so much. And I love how you start with dear John letters. So I think most of us, when we think of a dear John letter, it's like the I'm breaking up with you letter. So, but I, I just love like, you're like, dear John, you're not going to believe how things are today. And right. you're just like very conversational. And it's just like, it's so First of all, it made me think of, yeah, things are different, but they're not really different. Like there's so many things. So tell us why you decided to start that way. And I mean, it's such a fun way to really connect with John, who wrote the book of John. Right. And I know that it's different. You know, I say in the uh, early part of the book, but I'm different. So I guess it (laughs) it works, you know, but you know, we've read John. We've mm-hmm. all heard John. John has talked to us. John has talked to us in the Gospels and on the Isle of Patmos. You know, we've heard John. I don't know that that very many people have written back to John. Right. <laughs> but I had the idea. Oh, and, and let me say first, Trisha, I'd love to get this out there. I'd okay. like to make a disclaimer that this is not intended to be any kind of a seance, you know, mm-hmm. writing to John. That's exactly. Yeah. Not biblical. So don't email me <laughs> about doing seances. I'm not doing it. But um, this is basically just, it's the format I came up with. So the book has 21 chapters to correspond to the 21 chapters of John. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And in each one of the chapters, I do, I open them with Dear John. And it's just me talking to John about what life's like and, you know, what I see in young that was so much like us, that even through all the years, mm-hmm. people are people. And so we just kind of, yeah. John and I, unpack for a few minutes about what's going on in the world and in my life, you know, as, as it relates to this chapter. And then the second part is Dear Reader. Mm-hmm. And that's the actual meat. That's the yeah. Bible. Story. That's what I love. That's the Bible teacher part coming out. And I just get to teach that chapter. Mm-hmm. And then I close each chapter with a Dear Jesus section. And that's just a prayer journal, journaling a prayer for myself and for those who are reading and walking through John with me that takes the material that we went through in Dear Reader and just implements it, just helps us understand how to implement it in our life through a written prayer. So that's basically the setup. And you would not be the first one to think it was different. Um, I have laughed about my agent's response when I mentioned it to him. (laughs) You know how agent people are. Yes, and, yeah. You know, they like things in their little categories, right? And right. he was like, I'm not so sure publishers are going to mm. uh, buy on this one, Shelly, because you've kind of written a nonfiction work. You've kind of written a Bible study. Mm-hmm. You've kind of written a epistolary novel. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. they're not going to know what to do with you. And, and I get that. I, mm-hmm. I'm like, I get that. But Tricia, I felt so sure that it's yeah. what the Lord was asking me to do that I said, well, you know, back in the day I self-published before I got a traditional yeah. agent and publisher and started, you know, down that route. 
And I said, if they don't pick it up, I'll self-publish it again, uh, again, because I, I just feel like I'm supposed to do it this way. And so far, the people that are responding to it, thank the Lord, are seeing seeing it and getting the idea and the vision. So I'm happy about that. I'm not in a, I told you yeah. so much by any means, but I'm just happy <laughs> <laughs> that people are enjoying it. Yeah. And what what I love is, like you said, we've read the book of John. We've done Bible studies. We've done Sunday school lessons on John. And so for me, I like would pause for a little a minute and just like think through like, yeah, I how would someone then see things now? And like, you know, cell phones and like, I love you were talking about, yeah, you could actually get on the phone and turn on a video and talk to someone on the other side of the world. How crazy yeah. is that, John? I mean, it's like, yeah, that is crazy when you think about, you know, they were actually having to follow Jesus and walk around to listen, and we can yeah. just have these conversations. But at the same time, the human nature is the same, the heart's the same. And so for me, who, you know, I've read through the Bible numerous times and I've taught Why? stuff, and it's like, it was so refreshing. And then things I love, like, so Nicodemus, we have to talk about Nicodemus oh, yes. because you're like, you know, this is what I'm thinking about Nicodemus. And I know it's, I haven't really seen this, but I was like, this makes so much sense, Shelly, when you're talking. So share a little bit about Nicodemus. Thank, thank and, you. I think yeah. I even said in that chapter, now this is just me, you know, we're going to talk yeah. about actually what we can read in the word. And I always differentiate and I want to always do that. I'm asking, always asking Holy Spirit to remind me. Yes. When I'm just like, this is what I think as compared to looking at God's word, which is the absolute right. truth. Right. right. Yeah. So what, what we're talking about is when Nicodemus asked Jesus, you know, mm -hmm. so are you saying a man can go back into a woman's body? You know, and that whole little uh, section there that is so interesting mm -hmm. and I do not believe that what was happening right there is that Jesus and Nicodemus I think were having a different a deeper um back and forth than we mm -hmm. might think I yeah. do not believe that Nicodemus was really even suggesting that Jesus meant a man could climb back into a woman's yeah, body yeah I mean yeah and the reason I think that, Trisha, is because Nicodemus was a learned ruler mm -hmm. of the Jews who knew the Torah, memorized it forwards and backwards. Now, I, you may have the Torah memorized. I don't. I don't, no. <laughs> so, but the, my point is he had all of this scripture in him. And this is what I think was happening. I believe that Jesus expected Nicodemus as a leader of the Jews. You know, he says, you're a ruler of the Jews and you don't know these things. And I believe that Jesus knew that Nicodemus really did understand what was going on because there's no salvation language in the Old Testament mm -hmm. as far as you must be born again. You know, right, exactly, yeah. The New Testament. But what Nicodemus did have was scripture after scripture of God talking about needing to take our heart out and give us a new heart. Mm -hmm. And that sounds a lot like being born again, right? You can't die and get your heart taken out without yeah. a new heart. And so I believe this is what Jesus was saying. And I think Nicodemus knew that because Nicodemus had already buried the headline when they when he first comes to Jesus and says, I picture him looking around like, okay, and he says, So my friends and I know that you came from God. I mean, that's a yeah, yeah. Big admission, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And 
So that's why I believe that Jesus was challenging him, Nicodemus. What do you know, you know, that Father God said that applies to the conversation we're having? Right. And also, I mean, Nicodemus is Jewish. He is a religious leader. And that, that famous first John 3, 16, for God so loved the world. It's like, right. this is more than just a Jewish answer. Yes. I am yeah. more than just from the Jews. And so that's that's one of the areas, Shelly, that I'm like pausing it and like really thinking through because I'm reading through the Old Testament right now. And right. chronologically, I'm doing my podcast, the Daily Bible Podcast. Yes. And we're just starting, we're in the in the prophets and we're just starting yes. where it's a world language. It's not just for the Jews because before it's the, mm-hmm. it's the Jews, you're my right. chosen people. And now as we get into Isaiah, as we get into Hosea, as we get into Amos, it is more, this is for the world. This is not just for the Jews. And so that it's just starts starting to introduce in the prophets. And now you have the religious leader face to face and it's like, right. wait. And so the born again also isn't just, uh, you know, the, the, on Jewish people, the pagan people yeah, can't right. be born again and become Jewish, but yeah. they don't need to because Jesus has it for God so loved the world. And so you hit on something that's so very important because I believe that Nicodemus had Jesus said the Gentiles, the pagans need to be born again. Mm-hmm. I believe old Nikki would have been like, yeah, that's right. That's, <laughs> exactly. They do, you know, mm-hmm. but Jesus was saying everyone needs to pass from death into life. And I am the way. And, you know, father sent me yes. to save the world. And I think that was the rub right there. Yeah. So good. And so that's what I love. I mean, that's why I loved your book so much. And so I'm, I'm about almost halfway through because I'm not, it's not one of those books that I'm like, I'm just going to listen for the next three hours because yeah. it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm pausing it. I'm thinking uh, about these things. And so I think that that is what truth is. And that's what God's word is, right. where we can take these things and chew them over, almost like chewing our cud. Like you're yeah. talking about so we're, we're pondering these things. And that's like what a good Bible teacher does, it's like, well, what about this? You know, like, you're like, I'm not any authority, but what about this? And I'm like, Shelly, that's a really good point. I really like that. (laughs) My hope, Trisha, is that um, I read one person's review, or actually not one person, I'm going to say it was my daughter-in-law, but I love her. And she said (laughs) it, and I didn't tell her what to say, but she put in her review, she said, um, that Shelly's book, she didn't call me Peggy, which is what she calls me. <laughs> it would give it away that she's your right, daughter-in-law. <laughs> right. But she said that Shelly's book, Seizing the Good Life, makes me want to go back to the word. And isn't mm-hmm. that what a good Bible study yes. should do? And that That's the height of what I want from this. Anytime my words can whet someone's appetite mm-hmm. for God's word, I mean, peace out. My job's done, right? Because what that's what we're trying to do is get people into the word of God because it's the only words that are transforming. I mean, I can inspire you. I can motivate you. I can, you know, let Holy Spirit write through me, hopefully to, to help you on your journey, but there's still God's words mixed with mine. Mm-hmm. And when we go to God's word, Peter calls it the unadulterated pure milk. That mm-hmm. means it's not mixed, even with, you know, that podcast yeah. you love, that Bible teacher you love. 
it's not mixed with anyone's words. It's God's words. And that's the purest nutrition that we can get. And so like, if I can get someone to desire that pure milk more, Mm -hmm. I mean, I will be grateful, grateful writer. I love it. And then once we get into God's word, like I mentioned, we're doing chronologically, we're in the prophets. And then I'm also reading your book. And it's just like, I see so much correlation. And so the more we get into God's word, we're like, oh, this is connected here. And this is what he's talking about here. And Isaiah was talking about this. And then Nicodemus and Jesus are having this conversation. Um, and so I love that when we get into God's word, it's just this continual feeding oh. of our souls. It's just oh more God. and more and more. Right. It takes care of that thing about not being in the word. Right. I was telling my girls at my own church a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about first Peter's admonition to, mm-hmm. uh, you know, desire the sincere milk of the word. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, babies, when, when they have not been taken in nutrition that way, you know, they've been taken in nutrition through an umbilical cord. So whether or not they are trying, you're trying to give them milk through the breast or yeah. the bottle, they have to learn, you know, how to take mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. this way. But what happens once they learn? You don't have to convince them anymore. Yeah. It's yeah. Stuff, right? Yeah. In it. This is what personal Bible study does. It doesn't make teachers obsolete. It doesn't make preachers obsolete. Mm-hmm. But it increases your own personal hunger for more God's word. Yeah. So definitely like get Shelly's book, read Shelly's book, and then pause like I've been doing and go back to God's word. And it's like, oh, this is, and it, it will just come to uh, to life. And I remember when I first started like becoming serious about writing, um, I'm like, okay, I'm going to, I had three little kids. They were all under five. And I'm like, I'm going to get up before they do. And I'm going to spend an hour writing. And then after yeah. about a week, I'm like, I've been making excuses not to get into God's word. Right. I, so then I started, I'm like, okay, I'll do 10 minutes of Bible study, like putting it on my mind. Like, I'll just like, following the rules or whatever. I'll do 10 minutes of reading the Bible yeah. pretty soon. I was like an hour. I didn't even care about getting down and writing on my novel because the more I started that daily habit of getting into God's word, it was just, and I love it. It's like one of my favorite things to just that, read it. And my, my grandma was just in the ICU and I just sat Aww. there and I'm, I'm reading and I'm studying, of course, for my podcast, but it just fed me so much as you know we're facing the hard stuff of life we think i don't have time for this no get in god's word because it applies to everything you're going right? through you in this don't moment have time, right? you don't i'm sorry i stepped on you but you don't have um time not to i mean it's mm-hmm. in your best interest to get in god's word however busy that we think we are we we can think we're very very busy and and i know we all are but when we give our attention to the holy words of god himself then our life expands mm. and and we have that time that we didn't see you know because we're we're seeing with eyes that are being made new every morning and and we're walking in a different way I love that. Okay. So Shelly, I know there's some people that come and they might find this on YouTube. They might find it on one of our pages and maybe they've never even read the Bible before. Maybe they're not even sure who John is. So um, why don't you give us an overview of just who is John? Um, I I mean, definitely you have to go get the book, but what did, what did you learn as you're again, digging into John and, and how does seizing the good life, how does that even apply? So that's kind of three parts. Like who is John? 
What did you learn on this journey and how did that lead you to the title of Seizing the Good Life? Okay. I think I might go backwards if that's okay with you. You can so, do that. For- Absolutely. You're, okay. you I'm said gonna- you're, you're a little different, so we're going to, we're going to go backwards. <laughs> you're going to give me grace to be a little bit different. Okay. Yeah. So Seizing the Good Life, Tricia, we, I titled it that way because we all know everyone wants the good life. Mm-hmm. And so I, I was, you know, I was hoping that maybe did not know Jesus, mm-hmm. that just sees the books like, yeah, I want the good life. You know, well, we know that Jesus is the good life. And this is what mm-hmm. they're going to find out in the pages of it. But that's kind of where the title was born, you know, seizing the good life. And Jesus is the good life that we're going to find. But then beyond that, I chose John because for me, John is the writer that cannot get over the fact mm. that you know Jesus stepped into the earth. Yeah. yeah. He can't. He doesn't even try. And I don't want to get over it. And we can, as especially as seasoned believers, you know, we can begin to take things um for granted. And mm-hmm. John, I, I tell folks he's lighting my grandkids. You know how a, a little kid will run in there and they're like, ta-da, and then this happened. And then they they're so mm-hmm. grandiose. Ta-da, then this happened. And this is what John is. He, over and over, he tells us stories. He's like, so Jesus did this. And, he, and, he, and he's just exuberant with this otherworldly person, you know, that is coming. Yeah. And then he'll like take another breath and, and you turn a page. He's like, and then Jesus did this. Because it's like he's saying, do you see? Do you yes. see? You know, it was God's son walking with us. So that's kind of the second part of the question. And now to the to the other one of why it means so much to me, John's gospel. Mm-hmm. It is because John helped me more than any book of the Bible. Oh, boy, this is this is from my heart here. Mm. John helps me more than any book of the Bible understand that Jesus is present with mm. us, is present in our faith. that Jesus is not grading us from a distance. Mm -hmm. He's not saying, okay, Tricia, I'm glad you've come to saving faith in me. Now you get this done. I'm going to be in heaven when you get there. You know, I'll let you know if you made a C plus or an A minus or, you know, he's not doing that over and again in John's gospel. We see Jesus walking with the disciples and teaching them. And John will say, this is my paraphrase, but he'll say, and we didn't understand what he was saying. You know, Mm -hmm. like you see that's a lot. And Jesus does not say what we're used to people saying. Once you've told them something, they've told us something three times and we don't get it. People are like, okay, well, I'm not telling you again. I'm yeah. like, that's it. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not doing it. But instead, John will show us instance on top of instance where they go and, and we didn't understand what he was saying. And it's like Jesus will take a breath and he'll go, so I tell you again, and he'll <laughs> say the same thing a little bit differently. Yeah. It's because he's not grading them. He's mm-hmm. teaching. He's wanting them to get it. He's wanting to strengthen their faith. And he orchestrates events and miracles for their faith to be strengthened. Mm-hmm. He'll say, I'm doing this so that when this happens, you'll believe. And that's what he's doing to us. He's yeah. orchestrating events in our life so that we will continue to believe. And and in the last part of John, I know I'm going on and on, but no, I love it. Part. Like, don't stop. Keep going. Keep going. Okay. It was a three-parter, right? Okay. It was. 
And then in the last part of John, it's it, John 20, 29. I mean, it's the whole book for me because John says, I am telling you these things so that you will believe and keep believing so that you can have life in the power of Jesus' mm -hmm. name. Because see, it's not that initial belief in Christ Jesus. It's wonderful. We have to pass from death into life. It's necessary. I mean, it's it, there's no salvation experience, no gospel without it. But the peace and the joy that you and I are looking for, it is not found in that one-time yeah. experience of coming to Christ Jesus. Where it is found in what is in what John just told us so that you will believe Shelly and keep believing so that you yes. might have life in the power of Jesus's name. And this is where we are in our crazy, anxious, turbulent world as believers. We need a booster shot to keep believing. Amen. And mm -hmm. this is what John does on every page. He helps us to believe and keep believing. And, and John was the one, you know, I, the one who Jesus loved. I mean, he fully, fully, fully yeah. knew he was loved. And going through the Old Testament, I was pondering this other day, like, what is the one thing that I've gotten? We're ha almost halfway through the year. And yeah. it was God loves us so much. The Israelites were in the Kings. We just finished the Kings. And I'm like, they're, yeah. they messed up over and over. And God's like, if you call in my name, I will come to your rescue. And horrible kings would call out in the middle of a battle because um, they're being defeated. And God would come down and help them. They've been worshiping idols and right. sacrificing children. And they call on the name of the Lord. He's like, I'm here. I I'm love here. you. And then the prophets are like, and we have a, the wonderful counselor, you know, coming. Like all these promises in the middle of them totally messing up totally doing going against everything god asked them worshiping idols setting up altars to false gods right. and god's like i am sending you a wonderful counselor yeah. a prince of peace uh, it's just like he loves us so much and so i love in john john got it john, john got it got and it he fully knew it this is why you and i and those listening with us and sharing this book with us, it's why we have to feast on God's love for us and not our love for God. Because, mm -hmm. I, you know, ours can waver if we ate too much pizza the night before and we wake <laughs> up wonky, right? But God's love is stable. It is steady. And it is unlike any other love that we experience in this world. I mean, there we can... We can do enough that people around us can be like, mm -hmm. okay, I, I mean, I'm, I'm done, you know, peace out. I'm done with you. But God has no, yeah. that's, that is impossible for him. He loves us purely. Does that mean he always loves what we're doing? No, of mm -hmm. course not. But he loves us. And the more we feast on his love for us, the more those things that we're doing that don't line up with his word, the more they go away because the more we love him, the more we know him, the more we love him, the less we want to offend him. And so it takes that emphasis off of, I need to do this and this and this. Mm -hmm. No, what I need to do is love Jesus. I need to love Jesus and seek him. He will transform us from the inside out and those things begin to fall away. And no one is more surprised than we are, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when we notice that he's changing us. 
mm-hmm. because we can fool a lot of people. But when we recognize that our tastes are changing, that mm-hmm. what matters to yeah. us, you know, is being transformed. It's that witness of Holy Spirit in us that we see that then the world sees, then we can be effective in sharing the message, not because of anything we're doing, mm-hmm. but because we can't contain him. And he's splashing out mm-hmm. of us on the people around us. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to get in a soapbox, jumping on your soapbox you're doing right now, because it's awesome. Okay. okay. I think, so I, my mom and my grandma became a Christian when I was in second grade. And so I remember darkness and light, like very clearly just our lives change. I remember when they got baptized, but also I think of the Sunday school lessons about how we need to be brave, like David, how we need to have courage, like Esther, how we need to, you know, step up like Gideon. And I know it's well-meaning and I'm so thankful for teaching children, but so many times I thought it's like something I have to do. Like, yeah. I have to be this. I have to be that. I um, need to be brave. And so I pray that I can be brave. And really, wow. I need Jesus. Like, wow. I need Jesus. And when Jesus is filling me up, and, and that's another thing. John got that. Like, let's cast all this other stuff away. We need Jesus. Oh. And then oh. once we have Jesus, then his, he's brave. Like, we're brave because he is in us. Not like we have to do anything. Right. I love your soapbox. I love your soapbox. I am like pushing you over to get right up beside you. Yes, yes, yes. Because that will so defeat us. That Mm -hmm. idea of what we have to be and trying to be those things. And I say all the time that our greatest strength is realizing Jesus is our greatest need. End of story. So when when we live with that posture, you know, that Jesus, I need you. I, I didn't mm-hmm. only need you when I pass from death into life. I need you right now. I need you to parent. I need you to be able to grandparent. I need you to be able to be brave. I need you to be able to be strong. Yes. When we realize that we need you, that none of those things are found in this dusty vessel, but they're all found in him. If I may uh, tell you one story, I was on the phone yes. uh, with someone just a couple weeks ago a family, extended family, just things going on. And we had mm-hmm. been on the phone for a while. And I said to this person, I just, I said, I just, I don't have it in me right now. Mm-hmm. Meaning to, to forgive again, right? To deal right. again. To deal, I, I was like, I, I just don't have it in me right now. I had no sooner hung up the phone and Holy Spirit began confirming in my heart just how right I was. Mm-hmm. He's like, you're right. You're so right, Mm -hmm. Shelly. You don't have it in you. And see, I don't. I don't have unlimited forgiveness in me. I don't have mercy that doesn't get tired in me. I don't have, like, in me the ability to keep loving and keep giving and keep responding. But every single time I yield to Holy Spirit and I go to Him and I say, change how I'm feeling and and Mm -hmm. reposition my heart about this, I always have it in me. I, it, it's always yeah. there. Whatever I need is always there. So it always comes back to Shelly recognizing I don't have it in me yeah. to do what you're asking me to do, but you are in me to do that and more. Mm, I love that so much. Okay. So in light of this whole conversation, what is seizing the good life? What okay. is, yeah. 
Yeah, what is seizing the good life? Seizing the good life for me is walking with Jesus mm-hmm. 24-7, processing and dealing with life, right? Mm-hmm. With Jesus, it's realizing that he is ever present. This is the good life. That realizing that I'm never, never without the resources that I need for this hard thing this good thing, Mm -hmm. you know, any of the things. And I I talk about in one of the chapters, I think it's chapter 10. Yes, I'm pretty sure it's chapter 10. I I, I tell people, run home. That's the very best life hack I can give you um, that comes out of my own life. Run home to Jesus. As soon as you realize you're trying to do life on your own, run home and develop that as a as a practice. And what I mean by that, Trisha, is like, if you are happy, run home. Something great's yeah. happening, run home. Like you mm. would tell, run home and tell your mama, guess what happened at school? Yeah. So run home and, and process it with Jesus. You know, talk it over. If you're sad, run home. Lord, this hurt my feelings. I cannot believe they did that. Yes. To me. You know, run home. Run home if you're crushing life. Run home if life is crushing you. Mm. In every instance, in every way, learn to run home. And, and that's just it for me. That's the good life. I love it. And it makes me think of the woman with the issue of blood that has been sick for so long. And no one could help her. And right. she dares to go into the crowd. She's unclean. <laughs> she dares to go in the crowd. And she seizing. Her seizing was the barest touch like it was she was barely grasping because she didn't know like she's not supposed to be there she shouldn't be doing this she shouldn't have faith because everyone else has not been able to help her so seizing maybe someone listening right now you're thinking I can't even I can't I don't have the strength to grasp the smallest the smallest pinch of faith right now um and you that's Jesus that's all just reach for him just reach for him. That is so good because it wasn't in the power of her grill. Yeah, yeah. I love that, Trisha. That that's beautiful. We'll be feasting on that today. That <laughs> beautiful. It wasn't because she was able to grab, you know, enough garment or the right part of his garment. You know, it was none of those things. Mm-hmm. It was in Jesus and not in her. I love that. That that's yeah. great. Yeah, I love it. Okay. So we could, we could like go, we could have church all day long because you are so fun. Like we get, we could just go over every chapter, every story. We don't have time for this, but, but I, I mean, I love you so much. I love, I love what you write. I love your heart. I love, I'm going to be pondering, continuing in your book for a while. It's just so much good stuff. So I, you have to like, go get this book. It's so good. Seizing the good life, discover peace and joy through the study of uh, John's gospel. And then uh, Shelly, I know people after they're like, okay, where can I find Shelly? I want to connect with her. I want to hear more of what's going on. Um, So where can they go to, to just to be all things Shelly, to find all things Shelly? Well, I want to send them to one website because they'll find all my yes. links there. So my website has been, and you know it as Bell of All Things Southern, but mm-hmm. that sounded like a lot, people. I know it did. We have <laughs> created a shorter link that redirects there. Okay. So if you would go to ShellyT.com. Oh. So Shelly is S-H-E-L-L-I-E-T. Shelly T kind of rolls off the tongue. People are seemingly able to remember it easily. Yeah. Go to Shelly. T.com 
And you can find all my social media buttons. If you subscribe to my website, I send you two free eBooks immediately. Um, hit a contact button and I will respond, not AI, or whatever that is, or a robot. Or <laughs> yeah, that. it's Shelly. It's Shelly that's going to be. Yeah. If there's a yacht in there, you know it's going to be from Shelly. <laughs> yeah. You know, it doesn't really matter, Tricia, if you hit shipping or contact. I mean, <laughs> they're yeah. still going to go to Shelly. You know, so, <laughs> yeah. I love to visit with people about Jesus. So, yeah, mm. y'all come. Awesome. Okay. So I, I've really often don't do this, but I just really feel that we just need to end in a prayer. Like someone oh. out there needs to seize a good life. So Shelly, would you just take a minute and just pray for whoever's listening, whoever's connecting with us today? I would be delighted to. Father God, I thank you so much for this opportunity to talk about you mm -hmm. on Trisha's site. Thank you for Trisha giving me this time. And Father, we both pray that what has been said here mm -hmm. will be used for your purposes. Lord, that the hearts that hear this message, Lord, that there would be one end game, that they would come to you, that they would desire you, that they would realize that they have not gone too far, too fast, mm. off the track. They've done nothing, Lord, that can divide them from you, that can separate them from you. All they have to do, Lord, is reach for you. And so I pray, Lord, that that message will be driven home. And Lord, I ask that you would just cause this to find the ears that need to hear mm -hmm. it. I mm -hmm. ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you, friend, for being here. I just uh, loved every minute. I think I could talk to you for hours. I would love it. <laughs> no, we can't, but this has been so much fun. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, thank you so much, Shelly. Bye. 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 Thank you for tuning in to the Trisha Goyer Show. I hope you received help and inspiration. That's what I'm here for. Now, remember, if you would like to submit a question, email it to hello at trishagoyer.com. And I can't wait until we connect again.